Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Conversational. I'm Julie Rehm, and today my guest is the, the fabulous Wenda Millard. So she has been a longtime, longtime friend. I love it when I'm able to um, get people who I've known forever on the show, because that was really what was the inspiration for this in the first place, was all the fabulous people that I've worked with throughout my life and career and their backstories and how those backstories most people don't hear. They only hear about all their, you know, huge, amazing accomplishments. And so I wanted to use this as an opportunity so people could hear their backstories and hopefully be inspired just to know that most people don't set out to do the thing that they end up doing and being wildly successful at. There's all kinds of turning points and holy shit moments in life that get them there. So Without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about Wenda for those of you who don't know her. So um, she was most recently the president and COO of MediaLink, um, which she did with a, a good friend and of ours. And again, another longtime <laughs> friend going all the way back, Michael Kasson. Um, before that, she was the co-CEO and president for media for Martha Living, Martha Stewart Living, OmniMedia Inc., very cool. So I want to, I, I know a little bit about her stories of working with Martha and Martha actually lived down the street from where I live now. We'll talk about that. Um, she was the chief, chief sales officer at Yahoo. That's actually where she and I met between 01 and 07. Um, remarkably about that being the chief sales, off, chief, chief sales officer there. She was part of the team, actually led the team that drove revenue from 700 million to more than $6 billion in the six years that she was there. She was a powerhouse and I was back at Chrysler in those days. That's a, so I, I will take credit for some of those $6 billion. I have no idea how much it was, but <laughs> I know we helped. Um, so before that, she was the chief internet officer of Ziff Davis Media and president of Ziff Davis Internet. Before that, she was executive VP of DoubleClick. I feel like that is a massive turning point just because she was so on the cusp back then. Before that, president group publisher, SRDS. Before that senior VP and publisher family circle before that exec VP group publisher ad week, media week and brand week before that she was the GM at working woman ventures. And then, you know, just before that she, she went to a little known school and got her MBA from Harvard and um, had spent some time in between um, that and her undergrad um, where she, I saw majored in Shakespeare, which I think is so cool, but she was, you know, sales, she was at New York magazine, ladies home journal. So lots of cool things that obviously um, started with publishing sort of kind of came full circle a little bit, but then with all kinds of super sweet digital stuff in between, she is one of the most lauded and deservedly. So by the way, um, women in the industry, in 2015, she was included in AOL's Makers, which is the Women Who Made America series, which was created by the Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker Dylan McGee. She was named in 12, 2012 one of the 100 most influential women in advertising in the last 100 years by AdAge. That is super cool. 2011, received the Oracle Award from Springboard Enterprises. In 2009, she received the AdTech Lifetime Achievement Award. In 07, the John Reisenbach Award for Distinguished Citizenship. In 06, it goes on and on. So, I mean, seriously, super on and on. I could go on and on. She is amazing. Wenda, I hope <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And thank you for, for having me. This will be fun. This is, it is, it, it is actually always more fun than I think people 
<laughs> people <laughs> imagine. I, I just think because people's backstories, it's so rich and you've, you know, I know you're living down in Charleston now, um, enjoying the, the beauty and grandeur of that beautiful town, but were born actually up here in the Northeast. If I'm, is that right? And or were you, did you move to Massachusetts? I know you were basically raised in Massachusetts, but were you? Yeah, I, I was raised. I was, I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, but, okay. but raised in Massachusetts. Yeah. Or raised up here. Okay. And so your parents, I think you had said something about your parents having participated in some way with the Korean War. Is that right? Yes, my father was a translator uh, in the Korean War. He's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy who learned to speak Japanese and Korean. When? Um, and, and, and does to this day. Uh, and it's pretty funny um, <laughs> listening to, to those languages coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and, uh, it's fun to go to a Japanese restaurant with him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I bet that's true. What did, how, what, why did he learn them? He just was interested in them? Or did uh, he-, he was a translator uh, in the war, and they, they just assigned that to him. Huh. And so he, he had to do it whether he was interested in it or not. Yeah. yeah. And your mom, again, this is I always find amazing, but your mom also had an early career. I was talking to Jack Myers the other day and he was talking about his mom who'd been in the military too. Your mom was also kind of in that world, right? Yeah, she she worked for uh, the US government in a top secret job and um, she died uh, about five years ago um, and she never did tell us what that job was. So that she literally will take, she literally took that. Literally took it took it to her grave. So wow. we'll, we'll never know, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. I bet that would have been, well, too bad she didn't write it down someplace. I bet that would have been fascinating to know. And you've got, um, you've got an older and a younger sister. Is that right? Yep. I am, I am the uh, middle of three girls. Okay. So that's, that's, um, so it was a house full of girls. And so your husband had to learn to speak a different, I mean, your father had to learn to speak a different language so he could swear without you guys knowing it. Right. Yeah, and even the cat was female. So yeah, he didn't stand a chance. <laughs> right, that's funny. Uh, okay, oh great. So when you were young, growing up, um, I know when you left and went to you know to college, and we'll, I want to hear about how you chose like Shakespeare. I think I read that you were Shakespearean. Actually, I didn't know that about you. But what what was it that was driving you? What did you enjoy doing? What did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? When you were a kid. Well, I thought I was going to be an actress. And as a matter of fact, I was equity by the time I was 12 because I was uh, performing in the, in the Boston area and um, studied on, on weekends uh, at Emerson College, which has a very strong um, theatrical and dramatic arts program. So I thought I was going to be an actress. And uh, I thought that for a very, very long time. That's my, my uh, youngest son is at college at Emerson. So it's a small world. I know. Um, And so you, what happened that you decided that, that it wasn't for you after all? Was there anything? Well, when I went to undergraduate school, I was in a a few plays and um, I went to New, I went to uh, Trinity college in Hartford and I went to a couple of shows in New York and started uh, reviewing them for the college newspaper. And I absolutely loved writing and decided that I liked that more than acting. Um, Yeah. And so that's kind of, and I think also I was thinking that 
um, you know, acting is not a very pragmatic or, or easy career. Right. And I loved writing. I loved anything that had to do with the media. And so I just kind of turned my, my attention to writing more than acting. And, and which actually I thought it was a nice segue because again, another little story I didn't know about you. This just, you know, as much as you think, you know, people, there's all these little stories. I had read somewhere that you were a very um, entrepreneurial nine-year-old in Massachusetts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I started my first newspaper uh, when I was nine. You, you may remember it. As a matter of fact, it was called the, the Archer Lane Scoop in Linfield, yes. Massachusetts. Yeah. I think I subscribed right up until last year. Yeah. And everyone was very, very nice. The first couple of issues. Uh, and then later on, when they saw me coming, they would pull the, the shades down, hoping I would <laughs> open the door. No. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't understand the, the meaning or the importance of discretion. So I just reported it as I saw it. And, uh, but it was loads, loads and loads of fun. And that was my first, first entrepreneurial experience. Well, entrepreneurial, but also I mean, I was just kind of making the tie knowing that and then the, into publishing where you ended up yeah. spending a big chunk of your your professional life for sure. That's um, right. Kind of had that plus the writing, you know, it all it all kind of clicked into place actually as I was as I was reading that. Um, I also read we have a, you know, obviously we know there's it's a smaller world than most people think, you know, between the Yahoo people, Tim Armstrong and, you know. Oh, yeah. First yeah. and Kathy Black and all these, you know, people who were so instrumental in making, you know, the media world what it is today. But I was, um, I wanted you to tell the story that well, the first time that you met with Kathy Black and you were interviewing for a job. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, that was a very long time ago, but Kathy was um, one of only three female publishers in, in the United States. Um, and so, you know, first it was a, a privilege to even have a chance, uh, to meet with her and talk with her. Um, but we had a couple of good meetings and then we had a third meeting. And at the end of that meeting, she said to me, well, I'm going to offer you this job. Uh, and how much money would you like to make? And this was 19, this is seriously a long time ago. This is 1979. And because I was an English major, I, I can listen to things very intently and specifically listening to what people actually said. And what she said is, how much money would you like to make? And I looked at her and I said, I would like to make $100,000. I, I was 21, by the way, or 20 or something. Um, I would like to make $100,000. And without missing a beat, she looked at me and she said, and so you will, but not here and not now. And this job pays $8,800. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> Done. You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> That's a trip. That yeah. is Funny. So was that when, so you were 21 there. So was that, was that your first job out of college? Uh, no, that I, I actually started, I think when I was 20. Um, and I started first in PR for a company that owned uh, Red Book and Sport Magazine and Women's Sports and Family Weekly. And, um, and then I went on to work for one of their magazines, American Home. Um, 
and then Ladies Home Journal, uh, which they also owned. And then I went to New York Magazine. So I think, you know, maybe maybe I was 20, 23 or four. Yeah, because I had been working for a few years already. Yeah, when you did that. And that was, but you were, how long were you there at Hearst then? Uh, that wasn't Hearst. That was before Kathy ever went oh, to Hearst. Before she was at Hearst. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we worked uh, for New York Magazine. It was, um, you know, independent um, mm-hmm. of any of those big publishing companies. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a great time. And you, okay. hold on, but how long were you there? Were you there like with her? I think I was there um, probably three years. And, and that's when I decided to go to business school while oh. I was there. Why? What was the impetus for that? Well, I think it was really two things. Um, one, as I mentioned, there were only three female publishers in the country at that time. Um, and one of them was actually Kathy's mentor, Pat Carbine, who was the uh, one of the founders of, of Ms. Magazine with Gloria. Um, and I aspired uh, to be uh, a publisher. And I thought, you know, with an English major background and um, sort of not not really being particularly disciplined, I, I was a little bit more ready fire. And then maybe if I had time, I would aim. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, going back to business school might give me an opportunity to be a little bit more disciplined and to learn. I graduated from college early. So I, you know, I was just in a rush, you know, to, to get to work. Um, and so I think by the time I was 26, um, you know, when I was 22, I knew everything just asked me by the time I was 26, I knew nothing. And I was <laughs> terrified. So I, this yeah. is- so you went to Harvard, got to get your MBA in the, was it in the mid eighties then? Uh, yes. I graduated in uh, 1983. Yes. In 83. In was mm-hmm. the, I just think about, um, you know, business school, especially the big ones. And I just, I can't help but think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, you know, going yeah. back and watching the movie about her and she was the only one. And, you know, even by the early eighties, it was still pretty heavily male wasn't it i mean all of them i didn't even go to law school but business school too, right? because we had uh let's see i think my class was 18 percent women yeah. um and but very very quickly over the next few years um you know they ended up e- equaling out um 50 50 if not a little bit more now in favor of women perhaps yeah yeah, that I'm that I'm not surprised by, but I just it's I just am always amazed by the pioneers. Plus, I I know you kind of glossed over it, but I was going to go back when you said it was you know there were three female publishers back when you met with Kathy, and you said you know and Gloria at Miss. I just hope most people understood that you meant Gloria Steinem at Miss. Ah, yes, okay. <laughs> only because I I worry that there's younger people who might listen to this and don't appreciate the fact that these it's. It's not that long ago, really, when the right. making way for us. I mean, it's, yep. it's it's which is crazy. I just you know having I guess it's a, it's having you know young boys, and I know you've got kids in their twenties too. It's it's I just yeah. like to ground them a little bit in how lucky they are to live. <laughs> they live. Um, but speaking of that, when did you meet your husband? Um, let's see. Last Thursday was our thirty seventh wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh! Congratulations! Thank you. You know, as I like to say, I, I know a lot of people who've been married 37 years, not just to the same person. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But, uh, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we actually met, we went to the same undergraduate school. We both went to Trinity in Hartford and mm-hmm. we met through 
a mutual friend um, when we were both in the city. We didn't, we didn't, we're six years apart, so we didn't meet um, at Trinity. We met afterwards uh, in the city, uh, but we're introduced by, by someone we both knew at Trinity. Uh, and so did you, then you dated and it was like true love and you were married very quickly after? Um, I think we were married within two years because I had decided to go back to business school um, and I didn't want to get married before business school. So we, we waited two years. Okay. And um, yeah, so it was about two. Yeah, because I got married the year I graduated from business school. So yeah, I mean, we just, we just kind of knew. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. And, and had, can you were, so you were married, but you were, so I just, I, and what, so what year were you married then? I got to have some uh, 19, 1983. Okay. So, okay. So the year you graduated from Harvard. Okay. So you guys got married then and yep. then you proceeded to go to these really amazing executive level jobs, you know, with, we talk about ad week and media week, but you were, you know, EVP, SVP, um, at SRDS president and group publisher. I mean, huge, huge jobs. I assume, were you, did you, were you having kids during that time period too? Well, say it again, was I having? Children, did you have your kids during that? Oh, time? oh, sorry. Um, let's see, I, uh, when I had my son, Ben, mm-hmm. um, who just turned 33, uh, two weeks ago, I was, uh, at Adweek magazine. Um, and it, it was kind of wild because no one had ever had, you know, a, a baby, uh, right. in the office because there were f- almost no female publishers. Right. And <laughs> so that, that was a, that was actually a good one. I, I remember, uh, I had a dual report. I, I reported to, um, the president and to the, to the chairman and I was five months pregnant and couldn't hide it anymore. Oh uh, and so walked in one day when they were both together and uh, the chairman's feet were up on the president's desk and the president was leaning back, smoking a cigar, feet on his desk also. And I walked in and I said, oh, um, can I interrupt you guys? And the president pulled the cigar out of his mouth and he goes, you just did. What is it? Oh, and I said, well, um, I am pregnant. And the chairman pulled the cigar, I mean, put, pulled his feet off the desk. And he said, well, dear, because back then my name was dear. Um, oh my he said, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, well, well the, the usual way. <laughs> and so then the president took the cigar out of his mouth again. And he looked at me, goes, well, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I'm going to have it. So I'll see you guys later. And yeah, it was a little, little crazy back then because, you know, no, there had been no female publishers. Nobody certainly had a baby in office. We didn't have maternity leaves. We had no maternity policy. There were uh, very few nanny agencies. I mean, it, it, you know, when you're saying before it, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago, um, you know, for Gloria, it, it wasn't that long ago, you know, for, for nanny agencies and, Mm-hmm. maternity leave policies. I mean, we didn't even have one today. We have paternity, which is yes. awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought too. I just, I, this is why I wanted to talk. I, I didn't, I've never asked you about that, but when you, so when you went into their offices, you were an executive vice president, were you not? 
Is that- uh, I was, yes, I was EVP publisher. Yep. Wow. So you went in and so you were five months pregnant and mm-hmm. they were kind of jaw dropped, no plans. What, how did that turn? Did you stay until nine months? Did you leave? What did you, what happened then with maternity? What, what happened? Yeah. So, um, you know, I said, I'll be back as soon as I can. And, uh, I, I went back after three weeks. Um, and the first, the first night that I was back, um, was the Andy awards. And I was, uh, chairing the Andy awards that year. Um, and so that, that very first night, I I didn't want to leave the baby. He was three weeks old. So I dressed him up in one of those one piece, um, you know, little stretchies with, with the, yeah, the onesies, uh, with the right. bow tie, the onesie, you know, with bow tie and all that. Oh and um, stuck them under the podium. Oh my you know, God, you are speaking. lying. In like yeah. a baby? No. I just stuck them under in, in like a basket. No, 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 a thousand percent true. And, you know, somebody said, what, what's that noise? And I said, what noise? I don't, I don't hear anything. And yeah, that was, that was Ben's first black tie event. He was <laughs> three weeks old. Oh my God, that is hysterical. So, and then you, and okay. So then how long after that did you decide to leave? And why did you decide to leave as an EVP? I guess because you were never going to get the, the the next level job because of these men who were there or was it some oh, other reason? No, it was much more, you know, I, I had a really, really great time there. Um, you know, learned a lot and it was just so much fun that I had such a strong entrepreneurial itch that I, I really needed to scratch. And so I, I actually left. Um, and so, well, I had my second, second child, um, my daughter. And then what did I take that time? I guess I took six weeks um, oh. with her. And then I started a, a business with uh, four other guys. And it was uh, basically a creative consulting company um, that focused on uh, helping mo- mostly magazine publishers. And uh, it was called the Peer Group. It was awesome, um, but it was really it. It wasn't a dissatisfaction uh, with things at Adweek. It was much more. I just had to be that entrepreneur again and go do something. Yeah, that was itch because I I noticed that like on your formal resume there's sort of a gap between 89 and 92 between Adweek and family circle. So that, that makes sense. So oh, you, that is there a gap on my resume? Oh, interesting. Well, um, one that I pulled. So yes, oh, so. I know most recent, I mean, look, I know double clicking on, of course, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I didn't know about all the ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I did that and then I left Adweek to do that, did that for a couple of years, but then Adweek had really sort of fallen into kind of disrepair, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me if I would come back and do the turnaround. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of in the mood to do that because my my partners who were fabulous and hugely talented um, at the peer group were at a different stage in life than I was. And, you know, they didn't kind of want to conquer the world and they were a lot slower and- um, <laughs> That's funny, and they were men. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, sort of, it's an interesting lesson. You know, if you, if you do go into uh, a business where you have partners, you know, sort of your life stage and, and what you want to do and how, how hard you want to work, um, you know, it's, it's something to really consider. Mm-hmm. So we had a great run, great clients, a lot of fun. Uh, but I did decide to go back and do the turnaround uh, at Yahoo. I'm sorry, at, uh, at Adweek. 
And that was really, I guess that was really my first turnaround job. Um, and you liked because, it? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And we were, we were, fortunately, we were very successful and we sold the company uh, mm. within the year. And so that, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, that began, began the beginning of my um, clean up and startup work. Sir, the fixer role you had, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Way, right. So yeah. kind of, so I want to, I'm going to jump forward a little bit to double click because, and you went to double click, I think in 96 and I, right. I've given a bazillion speeches on, you know, the, the World Wide Web, you know, for people who don't know what WWW stood for, which is <laughs> exactly. my kids might do even know what WWW. Um, and when that was created was, I think, 94. The very first internet ad was in 95. So. I yeah. Yeah. Presentation. It's it, it's a banner ad that says, um, I think it says something like, have you clicked here yet? And it's an arrow that's pointing to something. And it says, if not, you will <laughs> by AT&T. It was just, it's a fun fact. It was the first ever. But thinking about that in 95, and then you in like literally the year after the very first ever ad runs on the internet, you go to double click. So first of all, it's astounding. You're the EVP, like they, they chose wisely, but I, what, after all this publishing, what was the impetus to be like, yep, going to double click. I mean, it's totally different, totally different than what you'd been doing. I mean, I just am fascinated by that. What was yeah? What well, it, I don't want to call it a crisis, but something really interesting happened because I I actually spent twenty years in publishing, and I always wanted to be you know the head of Time Inc. That that was sort of it in those days, and all of a sudden I started feeling like, well, I I don't actually know if I want to be the head of Time Inc. anymore, and there was a little bit of. I don't want to say panic, but I'm like, wait a minute, I've been looking at this my whole life and now you don't want to do it. And it was a little bit unnerving because I just, I always assumed that, that I would pursue that. And I got a phone call one day uh, that changed my life. Well, what was it? It was the head of an ad agency uh, who I knew very well, um, who said, listen, you know, we're going to, my, uh, partner and I are, are going to be investing uh, in a company. It's called DoubleClick. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out if the founder is a genius or a lunatic. And we, we'd actually love you to take a look at this um, and offer up your opinion. And I said, nah, I know you too well. You want me to look at it because you want me, you know, maybe to, to go over there. And I said, and let me tell you something. This is this new media stuff, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, look, you know, I, I am too old. I'm overdressed and I don't want to work with geeks. So I don't, I don't want to do that. And then, of course, I I did it. Um, and, you know, it was it was obviously remarkably uh, I felt remarkably privileged to be uh, sort of at, at the beginning of an entirely new media. I mean, it was like the beginning of television. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I mean, absolutely, you know, brand new and and it was insane. And of course, you know, people thought we were insane. Um, And yeah, but that, that was sort of serendipitous because it occurred just as I was thinking, Oh no, you know, after all this, I, I don't want to do what I thought I wanted to do. 
Right. So yeah, it's saved like, by the bell. The holy, what well, was a very holy shit moment, which I always talk about. Like, this is you, like you go yeah. thinking I want to run time. And then it's like this holy shit moment, this realization, the panic, like, oh my God, everything I've been, you know, driving Working toward. Yeah. is like not what I want. And then you take this leap of faith to this totally crazy industry in this thing yep. that might be a flash in the pan called the web. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's right. <laughs> right. Really? So it's, we're going to go during like near the bubble era, if I recall, right. You know, back it was, which was super risky. How was, okay. So you, you went in and kind of thinking about that, you know, the, all that was going on in the late nineties um, and early two thousands. That was the, was that not at the very like eye of the privacy storm that was, yeah. Well, what happened is we, we had a, a few years before that occurred, but um, we ended up in the eye of the privacy storm because we bought uh, a company that had the potential for us to get a hold of personally identifiable information. And it wasn't at all what we were up to. Um, but USA Today got it, it built out this story that that's what we were up to. And it was really an extraordinary experience to go through because we ended up uh, being sued by, I think it was, I don't know, 37 attorneys general, uh, you know, filed suit against us. And, you know, we, we were just, you know, we, we could do no wrong prior to that. And then, of course, after all the investigations and, you know, a couple of years passed and we were completely exonerated. And. So that was a little upsetting because, you know, so much damage had been done. Right. To the And so how did you, when you left, what was the circumstances that you left in 2000? Yeah. So what happened was that um, we had had, let's say, I guess about five years or so, five or six years. Um, and we had built it from, you know, absolutely nothing. A few of us sitting around a pizza box going, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and we built it to a $450 million uh company all of that money uh, from advertising and it was it was really quite quite an amazing um yeah. bill we went from you know a dozen dozen of us to 2300 people in the first four years um but what had happened is that the the and we took the company public right and the board and and i think you know the the original founder didn't love the cyclicality and the uncertainty of the advertising business. And they kept wanting to move more and more uh, toward uh, being more of a, a real technology versus media firm and trying to figure out ways uh, to generate revenue uh, from technology. And I just sort of was like, you know, uh, that's not what I want. You know, I'm a media person. Um, and I think I was also, you know, that they always said that, you know, the, the, uh, a year in the internet space is, you know, it's, it's like a dog's life. It's like seven years. And right. I felt like I had been at double click for, for 35 years. And wow. yeah, so it was, a, it was time for, for change. Um, it was time to move on. And so you went back to, so I love that you went back to sort of the, the media world, but in an internet capacity now, which by like right. in 2000, I'm certain there were very few people with, the internet experience that you had at that time. Yeah, that's, that's right. And I went over to be uh, president of Ziff Davis internet. Um, and this was after they had spun off uh, their first digital 
uh, business uh, to CNET. So this was kind of starting all over again. Uh, and that was really fun. You know, that was fun. But uh, it was right at the time that um, the technology sector, you know, was just going through, you know, hell. Um, everything in the magazine world was going through hell. Um, and they were deriving most of their revenue still uh, from magazine publishing. And then the two owners got in a very, very bad uh, and public spat. And I was like, I am way too old for this and I am way too young. And, right. and so I had, had kept turning Yahoo down. They, they were looking for, for someone to uh, turn that around from a, an ad sales standpoint. And you know, I just thought, wow, that, that's exhausting. I mean, I, I loved the idea because it was such a mess. It was such a hairball. Um, but I kept saying, no, 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 I don't think the timing is right. And then I decided, you know what? It actually is very right. Um, and so I, I quit Ziff Davis to go go run Yahoo sales. The sales in 01. And I think what's, you know, people, it's just, it's as if, um, I think today, again, I like, to, I like to give perspective because I think people think, about Google and they think about Yahoo and they're like, it's like, you know, Coca-Cola and right. <laughs> forever. It's not, I mean, Yahoo was actually out. I, I, I had to look it up cause I didn't, but I think they started in 94. Google started in 98. Right. And so mm -hmm. here you are in, oh, I mean, Yahoo was the thing. I mean, I totally, that's right. It. And it was the big, um, that yodel, that Yahoo, right. Yep. Crazy was, it was, that was the thing. Yahoo was so cool. Was gonna like Google was like whatever this crazy Google thing. I mean, I that's remember right. it so clearly. Yeah. And that's we met, of course, because you know we started. I was at right. running marketing there. We were I, yeah. You were way way ahead of your time there from a marketer standpoint. Well, yeah. So I I knew how to spend our money well, but that was <laughs> I would have yeah. it would have been smarter to be on the start side you were on, but it was fun <laughs> to do. It was fun to do. We did, we did do well. And we did and great stuff. Yeah. It. it was great. And so you were there six years and obviously helped, helped them immensely. And then you went over, which is like the one of the most, I just, you know, just cause it's pop culturally fun to think about going to work for Martha Stewart. How did she entice you to go over and work for her? You know? Well, interestingly, um, at the time that Yahoo kept asking me if I would go over and run sales, uh, Martha, who I'd, I'd known for a long time, uh, was asking me if I would come over uh, and be president of, of the U.S. Um, uh, for her. And so it, it was kind of an interesting thing because Martha at the time could do no wrong. And yeah. her business kept going up and up and up. And meanwhile, Yahoo was, you know, as I said, it was a hairball, what a mess. And so I chose the, the hairball because I thought it was more interesting. Um, and then what was really interesting is that when Martha was convicted- What year uh, was that, by the way? What's that? What year was that, that she was convicted? Uh, let's see, that would have been 2004, I think. Okay, so in the middle um, of your, well, actually, Right before you went. She well, was yes, because what happened was that I ended up on the board after she was convicted. Oh. And I had turned her down a while back because yeah, it was more of a celebrity board and that wasn't really very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But then when she was convicted and they were remaking the whole board, I said, yeah, you know, I'll definitely look at that. Um, so I went on when they were remaking the board. Uh, and so I ended up having the best of both worlds. I was working for Yahoo when I was on the board of Martha. Ah. So it was awesome. But then they tried to, then in 07, they were successful in getting you to come off the board and then go in and literally be the co-CEO and president. Right, right. Um, How did they do that? Well, that was, um, you know, sort of the, the thing with Yahoo is I had told them I would stay for three years and I would do the turnaround, you know, get them on the right path and then go. Um, but we were having so much fun that I, that I stayed, you know, well over six years. And so again, you know, it was time to go. Yeah. Um, and I'd had a great run, but you know, you got to know when to fold them as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was particularly interested in trying to answer marketers questions about, well, what does intelligent integrated marketing look like? You know, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, we know it's not all TV, it's not all radio or all print or all digital. What, how do you intelligently, you know, sort of integrate all, all of these media opportunities. And so I thought, Hmm, that's really interesting. And, you know, there really only, you know, one other company ESPN um, that I thought had the, the asset base a diverse asset base that, that Martha had, you know, she had readers, she had listeners, she had viewers, she had users, and she had shoppers. And so talk about a, a Petri dish for trying to answer that question about intelligent integrated marketing. And, you know, the timing was great. I always loved the brand. Um, so I, yeah, so I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And, uh, and it was fun for me, because I got to put all of my experience together and, you know, kind of use everything that, that I had learned um, over those years. And yeah. So I went and did that. I wish I thought was fun. I mean, I remember going to dinner and just, you know, yeah. it's fun to, it's just fun to think. And I, where I live now in Westport, Connecticut is this literally like a block down the street. It was what the house that she lived in when she lived, she doesn't live here anymore, but when she, that's lived right. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so fun to think about, you know, working. She's still such an icon. And I just, I just love her. Uh, her At 79 history. years old, she is still. Yep. 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 She's amazing. She's a force. Yeah. No doubt. Um, and then our, our mutual close friend, Michael Casson, who I think if people don't know Michael Casson, it's an important part because my guess is that it is a strong pull for why you decided to join him. But Michael, I, I also met again, probably around the same time I met you, but a totally different circumstance. He'd come and he was brokering, you know, deals with some, some other really big properties in LA and he was a lawyer and, you know, he's, he fancied himself and it's fancied himself because it's a hundred percent true. Like the world's best connector. He was ridiculous, you know? And so, um, and he's just such a giving God, I mean, he's just so giving and just so selfless, I always find in terms of what, what he's willing to do for others. And so I remember when he started MediaLink, I think before it was even called MediaLink, um, when he was just starting it basically to kind of formalize it. And I remember when I would heard that you'd gone over, I was just like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Because somebody with your background and your business understanding, and to your point, the strategy and this integrated, basically coming and putting more structure around, I think all of his connectedness and creativity. Yeah. Yeah. What happened was that, um, yeah, Michael and I had known each other, I I think, um, well now, uh, it's well over 25 years. Um, but 
he said to me one day, you know, when are you going to leave Martha Stewart? And I said, oh, funny, funny, you should ask. I'm, I'm actually thinking about that right now. And he asked me what I was going to do. And I said, well, actually, I'm going to I'm going to start a company. And I described what I was going to do. And he said, oh, don't do that. We shouldn't be competing. You know, we, we should be, you know, working together. And um, and so we ended up, you know, talking about it uh, for probably six months or so. Um, and I'm I'm not a loner. And so I, I didn't necessarily want to start this this company alone. And Michael really needed help, um, you know, sort of on the on the business side and structuring it and, and all that. So, so you're right. It, it made a, a tremendous amount of sense. And um, so it's been uh, it was 11 years in April. Wow. And yeah. And we, we sold the company after after building it up. We sold it after eight years. Um, and then I moved to London to open up MediaLink in Europe. Um, and then in March, um, my contract was up and I decided not to, uh, not to renew it, um, not, not wanting to work for somebody else, which, yeah. you know, after you've been an entrepreneur, who wants to do that? But, you know, right. yeah, yeah. we sold the company and that was great. So I stayed for, for three years. And, um, you know, I, I still retain my vice chairman's title and uh, do a little consulting for them, helping out and carrying the flag, all those good things. Um, yeah, but it was a, it was a great run. It was uh, a great I, run. I love that. That's, I mean, I, and I love that you, I love that you're back in Charleston and I, I want to, I mean, I'd love to hear kind of what you're, you're thinking about next, but I want to, I want you to definitely talk about, because here's, again, a, a little fun thing that I generally knew, but I didn't know how, um, I didn't know how, um, I guess, formal your love of food and I mean, which is <laughs> makes total sense with yeah. your work for Martha, but like your love of that and your like being a foodie. I did not know that you were the trustee of the James Beard Foundation. Yeah, I actually, um, that was a turnaround, believe it or not. Um, they had caught the director. This is now about... I don't know, 14 years ago, um, they caught the director of the James Beard Foundation with his hand in the till. Um, I mean, you can imagine like stealing from rising chefs. I mean, just dumb. But anyway, um, the the board uh, needed to be remade again. And uh, I have long been, you know, very, very passionate about the food world and um and they were looking also for people who understood, you know, marketing and media and all that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, about 14 years ago, I went on the board and um, had had a wonderful, wonderful time doing that turnaround. And then um, I'm actually uh, emeritus now because I, I served as many terms as, as I could. Um, but I'm, I'm still very, very involved. And um, I helped them out on their, their marketing committee and, um, buy a lot of stuff at their auctions. You do, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, and I'm involved in the food scene uh, down here in Charleston, which as you probably know, is uh, one of the greatest food towns in the country. Yeah. Love it. And it, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Towns. It's my favorite thing to do all yeah. over the world. It's my, I do food tours everywhere we go. My family knows it's like, that's our first stop is like, we do a food tour of like the, the local stuff. Cause you want to see that. Oh my God. It's the best way to know where you are. And, exactly. And just the this is great. And I know the last thing I'll finish with, because I think this also speaks to who you are and sort of just pulls it all together. Um, you've, you are such a give, 
a give back person. I, you know, always have been there to help anybody a hundred percent responsive. You've never not answered an email from me. I mean, a hundred, just, you're just one of those people and you've got this really fabulous, fun, fabulous, fearless females right. <laughs> that you host, right. That, which is sort of dedicated to like bringing women together. Right. Yes. And I, I, I've done that for so many, many years because I've, I've been privileged to, uh, always hold jobs where I met a lot of people in the industry. Just, just, it was always a part of my job. You know, when I was at Adweek, my job was to know everybody in the media. Um, and, and so many of my jobs, you know, brought me, um, front and center and just sort of knowing everybody. And so it was very natural for me if I found out, you know, so-and-so doesn't even know so-and-so I'm like, wow, I, I'll fix that. And so for years I've done, um, salons at, at my home, uh, many times during the course of the year. And, um, and then I started doing an annual one with a friend of mine, uh, in Charleston and, um, yeah, that's been 11 years worth of that. And, and I just think, I mean, when, when I was, uh, growing up in the business, people were incredibly generous with me and, and it makes a difference. It matters. It does matter. Uh, yeah. It does. I think you were even like, despite the fact that you, I think as much as you're known for publishing, you're also, you know, a pioneer in the internet and digital world. I mean, you've always said that you're, that you, people so underestimate that human to human networking, that, yes. that person, we're not going to survive if we all live via an algorithm, I think. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, and, I, and I still believe that. I still believe that. And I think we'll, you know, in this current um, situation that, that we're all in all over the world, I think we're going to find that the lack of human one-to-one, eye-to-eye, face-to-face um, connection, you know, we're, we're going to pay some, some penalties for that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think that there's any, any substitute um, for connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, human to human. And I, I think that's one of the reasons, you remember how long it took for video conferencing to take off? Oh, right. Um, and that- still people would rather jump, not right now, but people, you know, in the past, uh, however many years would rather jump on an airplane and have a meeting face to face. Of course. And, you know, versus video. So um, there's, there's so much to be gotten from just the, just the, like the, I don't the gestures and like you know, like right. all of that that you get and it's this is how you learn the backstories when you're like limited to this window of like the zoom time or whatever it doesn't feel as num- natural or comfortable as and you don't open as much I don't That's think it's exactly right. right exactly right why I love doing these because I have spent a lot of quality time with you in the flesh <laughs> so, yeah that's right <laughs> so this is perfect this is a perfect way actually to end because that's exactly I it's I'm so excited that you you shared your story because I know I have always been inspired by it. And I love that you were able to share so much and, and hopefully the listeners will, um, will just come to appreciate just not only, I think the lessons that you've, you've taught, but just the incredible things you've done. And um, if I had to, if I had to, you know, your fun, fearless, fabulous, you know, that you have is a perfect description of actually who you were. I, from everything from just not just being driven and not being afraid that fearless really sticks out to me. So um, big inspiration. And despite 
you know, things maybe not having lived out the way you thought they would, it never, never dissuaded you. So I, I love that about you. So thank you for sharing your story with yeah. us. No, thank you so much for having me. This was a, a lot of fun, a little, little walk down memory lane for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Yeah. Monday. Great. See you, Julie. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>